You may be seated. Again, most everyone in here knows this, but just to bring it to a, a corporate understanding anyway, uh, the company that Corey used to work for, Eaton, has a, like most companies in this world, has a pro-LGBTQ agenda, flew a flag, they can dress for their day at his workplace, he wears t-shirts that tell the truth of who God is, Scripture. Uh, one of the T-shirts they didn't like, they threatened him a few times not to wear it, and eventually they fired him for wearing that one T-shirt that he was told not to wear. He will comply, or he will be fired. Well, guess what? He did not comply, and therefore he's fired. And we praise God for that. Um, stand, and I'm going to read First Peter three eight eight through seventeen. First Peter three eight through seventeen. And as we go throughout the day, if you have your Bibles, I think I'll spend more time in each place so you can flip. There's no handouts. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. You may be seated. Keep your tongue from evil. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He hears the prayers of the righteous. We, we will not do evil in return for evil. We will do good. We will seek peace with God. And we will seek peace with God for those we're in relationship with. And we will not be a people that says peace, peace when there is no peace, but we will, we will pursue peace with those who are persecuting us. We will stand on the truth and we will give people the gospel of Jesus Christ based on the truths of who God is. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Who can harm you if you're zealous for what is good? Who can actually really harm Corey or us? What harm is actually done? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. 
Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them. See, we live in a world, this is just, it's here. Okay, it is here. It is here where you're going to get fired for standing on truth. It is here where you're going to be imprisoned for standing on truth. It happened in Canada just last year. And yes, those men have been acquitted through lengthy trial process, lengthy trials and processes. Uh, yes, uh, they aren't going to suffer anymore for those supposed crimes they were found innocent of. But it did cost them something. They went to jail. It's here. So, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Terrazzo, be agitated inward. Inward commotion, stirred up, be disquieted. Listen, don't have fear of those who persecute you, and don't be troubled. So, so look, Corey was troubled through this process, and, and I'm not saying we won't be when their persecution comes, but be ready. It's coming, it's here, it's promised. Don't be troubled. Don't have fear and don't be troubled. But rather than having fear and being troubled, here's what we ought to do. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do with gentleness and respect, having your good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. If you listen to the recordings, when Brother Corey was with these folks that were having these conversations, the gospel went forth. He was, he was setting the Lord Jesus apart in his heart that he would be ready to give a reason for the hope that was in him. Did he do it perfectly? No. Could he have done it better? Sure. Could he have had less fear? All that. But, but being ready. So let's be ready. Let's be ready to set Christ apart as holy and that we be, we be ready in season. We be ready no matter what to tell the reason for the hope that is in us. Why can Corey say, take my job? Because he has hope in Christ. And we tell them that with gentleness and respect. But we tell them, be ready. <laughs> I think about, there was a, there's a, a man, that his boss's boss, that, that claims to be a Christian, that, that we'll talk about that more later, but, but that, that scolded Corey. He's going to be put to shame if he doesn't repent. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. It is God's will for us to suffer for doing good. This if word ought to be a since word in how we hear the English language. For it is better to suffer good for doing good, since that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Turn to Second Timothy three twelve. Second Timothy three twelve. Indeed, <laughs> for sure, all, all. Not some, all, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, do we desire 
to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. We do. Amen? So, if we desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will be persecuted. Diaco. It's interesting what the word means and how, how, how we can actually see it a little bit here and, and put, some, put some feet to it. No pun intended. The word actually means to flee from evil, to be pursued in a hostile manner. It's the word persecution. It, it's what it means. It's interesting. I watched Corey be pursued in a hostile manner in his workplace where he had to flee. This is a statement of fact. Okay, This isn't a maybe. This is a statement of fact. This is the way things are. Paul tells Timothy, if anyone, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We've, we've, we've had this at Grace Fellowship Church already. We've mainly had it from those who would call themselves Christians. We've had this pursuit in a hostile manner. Uh, and so we've experienced a little bit of that. But this is the first time where we've experienced this persecution from outside entities or authorities. You see, these, this Eaton had some authority in Corey's life. Uh, the government who emboldens Eaton to act this way has authority in our lives. So this persecution, it's, it's from an out, outside, outside of the nominal church, and, and, it's, and it's more harmful temporally. Losing one's job is far different than just receiving reviling. Something actually happens out of that. It, it causes hardship of sorts. So we will be forced to flee as we are pursued with hostility if we desire to live holy lives in Christ Jesus. This is a promise. Listen, we know all of these verses, but it's something we can actually think about differently today. This is something that Jesus promised himself. He promised this. John 15, verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The word therefore hates, miseo, to pursue with hatred, to detest. The world will pursue you with hatred. Now, who in here that is a Christian has not been called out of the world? No one. Every Christian has been called out of the world, set apart to worship and serve God. Every Christian is, by definition, called out of the world. Not taken out of the world, but called out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. You may not have experienced it yet, but you will as you desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they 
persecuted me, they will, same word we saw, Paul writes Timothy, they will also persecute you. Now here's an interesting promise, hope inside of this, this truth that Jesus is giving. If they kept my word, they will keep yours. They will also keep yours. There are some in the world that hate you, will then keep your word, will hear the gospel, and will believe on Jesus Christ. Even in this world that hates you. And they too then would be called out of the world. Jesus promised us hatred. And we need to be ready for it. There are very few of us that still work in a corporate environment, but some of us do. There are all of us that live in a a tyrannical governmental world these days. All of us do. It's not coming, it's here. So, we are to be ready for this. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. The word there for righteousness is diakasune. Dikayasune. It means integrity, correctness of thinking and acting. Okay? So, blessed are those who are have to flee, who are pursued with hostility for correct thinking and acting. If you have correct thinking and acting, you will be persecuted and therefore you will be blessed. You are happy. The happiness, makarios. You are blessed as you are persecuted for having right thinking and right actions and integrity and virtue. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile. Onidso. To reproach, to upbraid, which is to scold, to find fault with. Blessed are you when others scold you. Upbraid you reproach you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. You see, Corey has been blessed to be scolded. On Christ's account, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for they so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is just beginning, I suppose, if there's litigation. The more that Corey is chased away, scolded, lied about, the more rejoicing he ought to do. And we ought to do. The more he's scolded and lied about and chased away with hostility, the more he and we should rejoice. We don't have to look for it. It's coming. It's here. The lies won't have to. Corey won't have to go look for lies. If there's litigation, the lies are coming. The scolding's coming. 
Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Anyone who prophesies the truth about God, sinful man, and the need for Jesus Christ is going to be persecuted by the world that hates them. And, and we, we will do that, brothers and sisters. We will. We will prophesy. This occasion, this occasion that we're in the middle of, I wanted to prepare us for, for what, so what's very fast approaching all Christians in this country. Again, it's here, but, but fast approaching in, in, in these kind of treatments. This is, this is for what we should be looking and prepared for. And I don't want to have this go come and go without each of us considering our own lives and how this maybe already is coming or will come at us soon, and what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Our children are not in public schools anymore. But if they were, and some are, they can't use true pronouns. They have to relearn the English language. They can't, they can't use, in some places, a bathroom designed for their gender, their sex. We will be in those environments, whether it's in public education or not. We are and will be more and more. 1 Peter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial. The word there, fiery trial, is pyrosis. Pyrosis. We get pyro, pyromaniac, pyro, fire. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. It seems to me, and Brother Corey would have his own perspective on this, but at least from my perspective, um, Corey's a little bit surprised when this came upon him. Not completely surprised because he made a conscious decision of what he was going to do to combat these lies that were being shoved down their throats at the place he worked. I think Sarah was certainly surprised when Corey came home and said, I'm fired. In some level it was expected, but, but, but what we need to be ready for is don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, at the fiery trials that are coming our way. as something strange were happening to you. All this is, is what's been promised us. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's because we've been too afraid, necessarily, to not have this persecution in a big way in all of our lives. I think there is some of that. But 
in God's providence, the circumstances, the, the surroundings, the, the culture we live in hasn't come to this point that we're now at. So it's not like we can just think how we've always lived. We're not living in the same. What happens when they change the currency to a digital currency that the treasury has access to if that were to happen in your accounts and our accounts? <laughs> what are we going to do? Don't be surprised when fiery trials come, Christians. Hatred is promised you. Persecution is promised you. And the more we are persecuted, the more joyful we ought be. The more rejoicing it should bring. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Rejoice now in your persecution, in your sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. When Christ returns, when you breathe your last, you will be joyful that you shared in Christ's sufferings. You are going to share in His glory, in His eternity, with Him. If you are insulted... The word means scolded or upbraided again. For the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Beloved, do not be surprised when the pyrosis, this burning which, which, which reduces metal, this, this burning that, that takes out the dross of metal, this high heat. Don't be surprised when you have this happen to you. Don't be surprised when you have these trials and these tests of your character. Don't be surprised when they come upon you as though something strange is happening. It's coming. It's, it's coming. It's here. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. You almost also may rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted, if you are scolded for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of God, Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. The only reason you're being scolded for the name of Christ is because God is with you. Don't be surprised when mask mandates return. They're coming. They're already here in some places. Don't be surprised when, when, when by the way, there's no science behind masks, right? And, and look, God didn't create us to cover our faces. All these things we've talked about before. And if we stand on that truth, we will be scolded. Or, or the boosters or the next COVID vaccine, even though the science says these vaccines are actually harming people. You will be insulted if you say, no, my body is God's. And how I care for this body is, is I will care for this body in a way that honors God and I won't put things into it that I'm not convinced are best for it. And if I suffer, and I won't cover my face so I don't, I, so I breathe my own carbon dioxide 
And so I can't interact with people and get sick like I need to get sick. I'm not going to do those things. I will be insulted for that. We, we will stand against governmental overreach. We will stand against tyranny, and we will expose lies. And that will bring persecution. And we do all of these things for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't do these things just to bow up and man up. and We do these things because that's what God has told us. That's how God has said to live our lives. And we will be insulted. And we will be persecuted. You will comply or you will be persecuted. You will comply or you will be insulted. You will comply or you will have problems. That's what's coming. That's what's here. And we're thankful for that. And we will rejoice in those things. We need to be ready to stand against tyranny and to expose lies. Stand on truth. Employers and the government are going to then pursue us with hostility. And we will rejoice. And we will know that is being blessed. Again, to, to, to stand against governmental tyranny with no gospel of Jesus Christ, don't bother. Don't, don't bother wearing your T-shirt if there's no gospel. That's not what we're called to. We're called to be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us, and His name is Jesus. And He is my hope and my salvation. And that's why I won't go along with these things that aren't true. And we will rejoice. Romans 5, 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. This word for sufferings there. We've looked at it before in other passages. Thlepsies. Thlepsies. It means oppressing or a pressure. Another form of the word that we'll see a little bit later is how they crushed olives to get the oil out of them. So it's this pressing or this pressure. Uh, Oppression, metaphorically oppression or distress or tribulation. Not only that, but we rejoice in our tribulation, our oppression. Whose? American citizens? No, Christians. Christians. We don't stand up against governmental tyranny because we're Americans. We stand up against governmental tyranny because we're Christians. Because we're Christians. And they have a sphere of authority that we respect. Because, see, a lot of Americans who want to stand up against governmental tyranny want to stand up against everything governmental. And throw away 
All of it. No, no, we stand against lies and against tyranny because we're Christians. We expose lies and we, we tell the truth because we're Christians. And there's a reason, because we want to tell people of the hope they can have in Jesus Christ. We don't fight for the fight's sake. We don't fight to reclaim America. We fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We stand on truth, and we suffer joyfully as we stand on that truth. And we don't fight back. We don't return evil for evil. We simply tell them of the hope that's in us. Romans 5, 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, sleepsies, our pressures, knowing our, our afflictions, our tribulations, knowing that this suffering, what to do? It produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. We rejoice in our pressures, our tribulations, the oppression that we receive. We know because this oppression produces endurance. Have you had to endure some, Corey, Sarah, Cunninghams? Have you had to endure some? Yes. Has that created more hope, more character? Have you, have you grown in character out of this endurance? And now do you have more hope? You probably have more hope than you have had in a long time right now. That's why you sing these songs and you weep, because your hope is so real. Because of the suffering that produced that in you. That's why we rejoice as we're hated and reviled. I, I'm no prophet. So as you do the exhortation night, Jason, don't pick on my prophecy because it's not prophecy. But here's what I will tell you. I see the day that I get to be imprisoned for us gathering in church. And I'll rejoice, and I will endure, and my character will increase, and my hope will increase. And I look forward to that day, Lord willing. Not looking for that day, but it's going to come. James 1, verse 2. I want you to just think about it. And I didn't, I didn't go into all of them because, again, 7 o'clock this morning, I went as far as I went. Think about all of the places in the New Testament we, it, we're told about trials, sufferings, persecution, reviling, hatred. Think about all the places we're told about that. Many. And that wasn't just for the first century Christian. James 1, count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials, there the word is periosmos, a temptation, a trial of a man's integrity or virtue, arising from outward circumstances. So again, we have a perfect example. Outward circumstances, 
were brought into Corey's life that tempted him to, to lose his integrity or his virtue. He had to wrestle through, am I even going to wear the shirt? I should just stand down, keep my job, and live to fight another day. Count all joy, my brothers. See, I don't want to be the kind of church and the kind of people when we have these trials, we complain. And we argue. We, we act like victims. Corey's no victim. He's a victor. He's not a victim. Because he's representing the one who is victory by definition. Don't come at me with this victim stuff. Don't let me come at you with this victim stuff. We will count it joy when outward circumstances try us to lose our virtue and our integrity. And we will stand firm by the grace of God with this body and we will count it all joy. For you know, here's what, here's, brothers and sisters, here's what you know. This isn't conjecture. This is what you know. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Did we not walk through with Brother Corey him being steadfast? This trial, I don't get a chance to be steadfast like that. When I get to, I'm going to be really joyful. When you get your chance. It's here. Okay, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. And without the testing of Corey's faith, Sarah's faith, Eden and, and Caleb's faith, they could not have been steadfast. There would be no occasion for steadfastness in this particular realm. And what does steadfastness? And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. Count it all joy. When we face these outside circumstances that try our integrity and our virtue and our character, because we know that when that's tests us, we it just by the grace of God, we're more steadfast. And this steadfastness, steadfastness works in us to make us more complete that we lack nothing. Corey and Sarah is, are more complete than they were a month ago. More like Christ, more complete than they were a month ago. And so is anybody else who's been persecuted. There was a trial. Would Corey buckle and conform and compromise? He didn't. When they mandate masks and vaccines and when they, they literally come after us with hostility, what will we do? We'll be joyfully steadfast knowing we're being made complete. When they tell us we can't gather, if that ever happens again, we will gather maskless, sharing the elements without our chairs spread apart or whatever else nonsense that's not scientific comes our way, that's simple tyranny, we will not because we have a higher hope than that. 
And then when we go into jail or when we go into trial or when we go before the judges and when we do those things, we will simply give them the reason for the hope that we have in us and his name is Jesus. That's what we'll do. And we'll count it all joy. We're told we can't travel or leave our homes without a mask. What will we do? I will not be that guy again that does not go to Cal's house for supper because they told me I got to sit in my house. It will not happen. Because I'm, I have a hope in Christ, and part of my hope in Christ is the fellowship of the saints. What are we going to do? Look, masks are harmful. That's the science. And two is doubly harmful. And the same people that tell you that will tell you five minutes earlier they're harmful, and then they'll tell you they're not, and then they'll just want to control you. The rich men north the rich men. What will we do? We will be joyful for any persecution that comes because we know that's producing in us a steadfastness. And that steadfastness is making us more complete. And we know that these temptations, these trials, these, these pressings, they, 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 they serve to give us more hope at the end of the day. And so we'll be thankful, we'll be joyful, we'll come alongside and say, look it, there was nothing for me to do with Corey and, and, and Sarah and Eden and Caleb on Wednesday morning. Was it Wednesday morning? except go to breakfast and celebrate. And make them eat a waffle even though they already have breakfast. We're going to celebrate today. We're going to celebrate God's kindness and His blessings and the persecution and the scolding. And we're going to comfort our brother and our sister who are struggling. And we're going to remind them to be joyful. They're going to come here Wednesday night and they're going to sing and they're going to weep with the brethren because they love the God who saved them. And they're going to praise Him for His kindness and His mercy and His goodness. What are you going to do when they tell you you can't go see brother, you can't go see Shelley in the nursing home? Well, first of all, I hope she's not in there. See, I get to see my father-in-law as he's dying. He's in my home. But if he were in a nursing home, I guess they're probably going to have to arrest me. They have no right to keep me from my family. I'm not looking for it. You all have known me for 15 years, many of you. I'm not looking for it. But it's here. First Thessalonians 3. That no one be moved by these afflictions. In Thessalonica, they were being persecuted. They were being afflicted. And Paul was wanting to send someone to come and comfort them. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. You yourselves know we are destined for this. What are we destined for, Christians? Affliction, persecution, trials from outward sources. We, we know that. Do we know that, actually? 
Or do you believe that it was just the church at Thessalonica that was writing to and has no bearing on our lives and that, and that, that the, the, what he's saying is destined for this, destined for this, these afflictions, these outward pressures, thlipses. We're destined for that. We're destined to be squished like an olive. We're destined to have pressures come on us from outside of the church. We're, we're destined to have this coming from those that hate God and therefore hate us. More specifically, they hate Jesus, and therefore they hate us. We were destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction. Paul says, look, I was trying to tell you this. Paul says, hey, he's trying to, I'm trying to tell you this. We are going to suffer affliction just as it come to pass and just as you know. I am telling you, again, not prophetically, but I am telling you with a biblical worldview and a biblical historical worldview, the context of where we're living right now, we're going to suffer affliction as Christians. Now, could God turn the course of this Romans 1 culture that's been turned over? Sure, the only way is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that's not what scripture or history, biblical history tells us, or even the history of man in God's design. We are going to suffer affliction if we don't comply. You will comply, or you will suffer affliction. What are we going to do? Are we going to take up arms? fight to reclaim the state of Iowa. No, we will suffer joyfully. We'll share in the sufferings of Christ. We will just like Peter and the apostles, we will stand on truth as given us in Christ. We'll stand on the truth. Acts 5, 41. Then they, Peter and the apostles, left the presence of the council, rejoicing they were, not, they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor. They were, they were worthy to take insult and contempt for the name. For being Christians, for the name of Jesus, they went away from the presence of the council, rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer. I know from the testimony of Corey at breakfast that morning, he was rejoicing and wondering why he'd be counted worthy to suffer in that way as he left the meeting with the council per se. The authority in his life that had just meted out their form of justice. And every day, and then what they do? And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. When we are persecuted, whatever comes our way, whatever trials, we will rejoice. And then we get done with it, assuming we're not dead. We will keep preaching and teaching Jesus. And if we're dead, we'll be with Jesus. And if we're alive, we'll keep preaching and teaching Jesus. Corey, you'll keep preaching and teaching Jesus. That's what you'll do. That's what we'll do. We won't back down. We'll keep teaching, teaching and preaching 
two genders. We'll keep preaching and teaching. You don't have authority over my body. Because my body has been purchased by Christ. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about the hope that is in me. That's what we'll do. We won't fight back. We won't turn evil for evil. We'll keep teaching and preaching Christ. Litigation's possible, probable. As Corey's pastor, we are going to work hard not to return evil for evil. We're not going to lie. We're not going to twist. We are going to preach and teach Jesus. We're going to make sure, just like when Brother Tony sat on the stand in Iowa City, the gospel went forth to those jurors and those judges and those officers and everybody sitting in that courtroom. You do with me what you will. I I get it. I, I totally get it. That's big, tough talk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do, but I know what I'm told and I'm ready. And by the grace of God, I'll do the very things I'm telling you I will do. And you will keep me accountable to that. And I, you. (laughs) And we have the ultimate source of power to carry these things out. I was just meeting with Matthew this week, and Matthew likes to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And and. It's not a sermon on the Holy Spirit, but here's the thing. Every single Christian in this room, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And the Holy Spirit is the power source of God himself. There is nothing we can't do that we've been called to do, suffer, be persecuted, be joyful, not returning, nothing we've been called to do that we aren't able to do. And if we don't feel like it, pray for the Spirit to move in you. Ask God for the Spirit to guide you and lead you. Surrender yourself to the Spirit of God that you can go forth in the way He's commanded and empowered. Don't try to do it yourself because you'll fall flat on your face. There's no chance He's wearing that, that shirt without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way He's doing it without the encouragement of the brethren. To trust in Christ. Second Corinthians twelve. Paul wanted this these tormentors to cease and desist. Tired of this 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 thorn in my flesh. Tired of being attacked. Pray three times and It wasn't taken away. What's he say in verse 9? But he said to me, God said to me, Christ said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Christ's power, God's power, the power of the Holy Spirit is made perfect in our weakness. When we get it that we have no chance of standing this boldly in the face of arrest, imprisonment, firing, whatever else might come, there's no chance we're going to send, well, if we do, it's prideful if it's without Christ, but there's no chance as a Christian we're going to stand boldly in those circumstances if we try to do that of our own power. 
it, it's, it's, it's not fleshly profitable to get fired. It's not fleshly profitable to lose your income that provides for you and your 11 children and your wife. But it is very spiritually profitable. We need the power of Christ. And so when we're weak, he's strong. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. So when you say to me, if you're faithful with these pastor, I can't do this. I'm going to say, you're right, you can't. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you can't. I can't. I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, then he says this. For the sake of Christ then, Paul says, for the sake of Christ, knowing that he will empower me and for his sake, I am content. Eudokeo. Word is deeper than content, I would say. I am well pleased. I think good. I prefer. So I am well pleased. I prefer weaknesses. That's a frailty of the soul. Bearing troubles and trials. I prefer a weakness of my soul. I prefer insults. Hubris. You get the word hubris. An affront, an insult. Met- mental injury being brought upon. So you're affirmed, you're insulted, and it hurts. He says, I prefer to be insulted in ways that hurt. I prefer have a weakness that I can't do this. I prefer hardships. Anake. Necessary calamity and distress. I prefer calamity and distress. Necessary calamity and uh, distress. I prefer persecution. That's that same word. Make, run, flee. Having people... I prefer having people hostily coming after me that I have to flee. I prefer that. I prefer calamities. Narrowness of of a place, extreme affliction. I prefer, I am content, I am well pleased. I think it's good that I'm weak in my soul, that I'm receiving insults that harm me mentally, that I suffer necessary calamity and distress, and that I that I get these persecutions that I that I'm that I'm come after, pursued with hostility, and that I have calamities, extreme affliction. I want those things, says Paul, because that makes me really weak. And when I'm weak, then in Christ I'm strong. And without those things, I can rely on myself, if I can paraphrase Paul. I can say my own life. Without any trouble, I got it handled. I got this. That's how arrogant we are. (laughs) Corey, you got it? You don't even have next month's bills necessarily. You don't got nothing. Praise the Lord. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, Paul says, I will boast, I will boast 
gladly of my weaknesses so the power of Christ may rest upon me. I give up. I don't have this covered. I need Christ. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the Word of God. I am lost without it. He doesn't say he avoids these things. He doesn't live like he avoids them. None of the apostles, none of the New Testament Christians, Christ himself did not avoid these persecutions. We mustn't avoid them. It's going to get easier to find them without looking for them. It's not going to be easy to avoid them. We shouldn't try to avoid them. We ought to consider it joy. Closing thought. Being hated and persecuted are promises God makes to his children. Being hated and persecuted is what you're promised as a Christian. By God's grace, we Christians will be ready to suffer well as we resist tyranny and expose lies for the cause of Christ our King and His gospel. We don't resist tyranny and expose lies to keep our life the same. We don't fight tyranny and expose lies to make America great again. We expose lies and we resist tyranny for the cause of Christ and His glorious gospel. This is key. We'll be tempted to forget it. We'll be tempted to forget it as we go down this path of public course. We aren't looking for... Look, this will expose something to me, but okay. I... I mean it when I tell you success in the Christian life is when we are faithful. By the grace of God, we're faithful. That is success. But if I got to draw it up, Eden would go out of business over this deal. They'd have a $62 billion fine they couldn't pay. No company in America could ever use uh, what the, 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 the preferred pronoun nonsense. The Supreme Court would say no company can make you do that. That'd be just wonderful. That'd be great. But I don't expect it, nor am I working towards it. I'm not going to work towards it all. What I'm going to do is try to pastor Corey to be faithful. And just know, this may bring reproach and, and, and attention to our church again. And things that have kind of died down may well back up. Well, praise God. Praise God. Being hated and persecuted are promises God makes to his children. By God's grace, we will be ready to suffer well as we resist tyranny and expose lies for the cause of Christ our King and his gospel. Father, help us. Help us to be prepared. Help us to not think of fiery trials as... Help us not be surprised by them, but help us to know that we're promised them. Help us to remember that we are promised to be to be hated and persecuted. Help us to rejoice in our sufferings and our trials. 
us to remember that you are good, you are wise, you are for us, and we can trust you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and sing for the cause on your handout. For the cause.